Hello, everyone. I want to introduce this conversation with one of my favorite people on the planet, Jeff Salzman. And Jeff has emerged as one of the main voices in the integral world. He's extraordinary. He's absolutely brilliant intellectually and has a huge sensitive heart. People have said that enlightenment is a journey of 12 inches from the head to the heart. Jeff manifests this. It gets really fascinating and very personal. I think you're going to love this. Hang on. Welcome to Deep Transformation, Self, Society, Spirit, life-enhancing, paradigm-rattling conversations with cutting-edge thinkers, contemplatives, and activists with Dr. Roger Walsh and John Dupuy. Join us in the evolutionary fast lane as we take a deep dive into transformational practice, peak experience, profound understanding, powerful contribution. My name is John Dupuy, and I have with me today Jeff Salzman and Roger Walsh. And let me just say, folks, this is a really a biggie for me because the universe has been so kind to me that I get to work with and have a conversation with two of the men on the planet right now that I really, really admire and have a lot of respect for. And when I say admire, what does that mean to me? It means it makes me want to work on myself to be a better version of myself. And both of you uh, have done that. Yeah. And, and Jeff, you are the, uh, well, you're doing a lot of things, but you do the Daily Evolver podcast, which is just, I don't know how to say this and sound sincere and not like I'm just blowing smoke because that's what, you know, podcast presenters do or something, but it's truly an amazing bit. And we were talking, I was talking to Roger yesterday about how you really humanize the whole integral thing. Mm. You know, there's this deep realization, this deep intellectual capacity, humility, humor. I mean, it's just, just, yes. Aww. Thank you. And, yeah. and I've kind of gone away from the integral thing for what we had the diaspora, right? We all went our separate ways because of whatever reasons. And it's kind of like, why did World War I happen? <laughs> after a year why did 20 million people die well somebody got pissed off and shot somebody really it's like i'm not sure what, what the dynamics were all there i know little bits and pieces of it but we all went our separate ways and i kind of went off on my own thing like early christianity you know everybody split up and they didn't have the internet of course and they all kind of developed their own version of these things until the catholic church and constantine and everything <laughs> kind of made it all be orthodox but we, we kind of went along our, our separate ways. And for some reason, I just didn't listen to your podcast for a long time until about the last half of the year during the Trump administration. Oh, God, it was the balm I needed for my soul. It was really, really good. And, and you were so kind to Donald and everything. And I thought, oh, he's so much more evolved than me. I'm so pissed and offended. And, and uh, then right about the time of the election, you said, let's just vomit him up enough. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, I did an episode called Puke Him Out. I know. And I was okay, yeah. I, I drug him back down to my level or something. But anyway. Subhead, and, red Trump, mean red Trump is poison. It was a subhead. <laughs> yeah, it was so, really good. And you were able to be righteously pissed and you showed it. Yeah. So. So maybe, maybe I've talked so much, but I just want to get the juices flowing here. I'll just turn it over. I have some questions, but uh, Roger, what do you got? Well, first off, just to echo some of the things you said, John, first off, it's a, it's a 
a real gift to have you here, Jeff, and have have a chance to have a conversation with you. And you have been a leading figure in bringing a big picture perspective to an analysis of our contemporary issues. And that's one of the things we'd really like to focus on in this podcast. There's a lot of good stuff on the internet podcast, a lot of people talking political analysis, spiritual practices, religion, uh, issues of our time. There's very little that brings these themes together. And that's one of the hopes for what we would like to do is to bring a big picture and multiple perspectives together to bear on some of the great issues of our time. Bringing not just a, but not bringing not just a big picture, but a deep picture too, a picture informed by deep contemplative practice. And there just aren't many people who who bring all those worlds together, and you do. And so we're really eager to have you as one of our first guests. Mm. So first off, just to acknowledge your contributions and to mention your podcast, The Daily Evolver, and recommend it highly for the issues of our time looked at from multiple perspectives and deep perspectives. There are many ways we could get into in, into this, but John has already mentioned integral and the uh, the fact that you bring what's called an integral lens to the understanding and analysis of the issues of our time. Uh, since our audience is not necessarily integral, I, it might be great if you'd just be willing to spend a little time and talk about that framework and wh what it is and why it speaks to you. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you both so much. I feel just all lit up by your appreciation and I receive it and, and appreciate it. So thank you so much. It's very encouraging. You know, what I'm doing with the Daily Evolver and my other work too, I'm doing a, a show now called This Week in the New York Times for the Post-Progressive Post, which is part of the Institute for Cultural Evolution, which is Steve McIntosh's group. And all of it is about bringing integral theory to current events. That's a lot. That's a mouthful right there. I do my best because I was, hallelujah, lit up by Integral through a direct transmission from Ken, actually Ken Wilber's books. I was an Integral not long before I knew that Ken lived five miles from me here in Boulder, you know, and then I found that out. Actually, if our mutual friend, Tammy Simon, uh, put me in touch with Ken, Ken emailed me. I remember opening my email and seeing Ken Wilbur as the sender of the email. And I thought, what? I mean, it was like magic. It was like everything went through my mind in one second about this is one of my friends punking me or, but it was him. And I, I went up for, for lunch and joined in the Institute and met both of you, I think, shortly thereafter, because we started doing the Integral Institute seminars. And John, you and I became buds because you were here a lot and we did the Integral Center and so forth. Roger, I didn't spend as much time with you, but we both had Ken in common for sure and have both been very close to a lot of the same people. So I hear them sing your praises. And I do remember when I first met you, it was, I was a terrible groupie. I mean, Ken Wilbur and Integral felt like a transmission of higher consciousness. It is. And I got it. And so I was just all lit up with Integral. And I, I think I had just read One Taste, which is Ken Wilbur's diary for a year of what he was doing. And you figured highly in it, you and your wife, Francis, and he had mentioned and talked about you before. So I knew of you as Integral, part of the Integral firmament. 
And I remember Ken had a party up at his house and you were both there. I was so starstruck by you and Francis that I remember <laughs> poor Francis. I, I, you know that moment when you realize you're coming on too strong and the person is physically recoiling a little bit? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> no, never had that experience. But <laughs> <laughs> so it was like that. Yeah. Well, anyway, Roger, um, yeah. it's uh, it's lovely to be with you here today and to yeah talk about what is that integral inspiration. We see it as a you know a, a new stage in human history, new stage in cosmic history, perhaps, where new consciousness, new culture, new reality. In first, second, and third person, I think is the nicest way to easiest way to think about it. So my own consciousness, my relationship with other people, the whole cultural milieu, and then the technosphere and the nature sphere and the climate and all that third person. These these are all in motion. Part of what Integral asks us to do, particularly with current events, is to and, and, and at some point you want this. This is what happens when you've been sufficiently steeped in the previous stage of development, which we'll call postmodern. The stage previous to that is modern. The stage previous to that is traditional. And the stage previous to that is warrior. And there's stages even previous to that tribal and in, in sort of a, you know, indigenous just waking up kind of stage. So what's online in our culture right now is a culture war that is, I think, actually a, a necessary, evolutionarily speaking, polarization of the culture into two poles, one of which is the God and country traditionalists, and the, the other pole is the multicultural, eco-inspired postmoderns, progressives. And they just really hate each other in, in nature. And can I just jump in there, Jeff, and make sure that there's a very important point you're making there gets the emphasis due, and that is that what I think you're saying is that is that the vast majority of us tend to assume that these are just different people with different viewpoints and attitudes, but you're saying they actually, actually reflect different developmental stages, yes. and that's a whole different Ball game uh, with its with much greater challenges for reconciliation and integration. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is because it, it's not just what you think; it's how you think. It's what receptors you have. It's how you process what's coming in. Some people are more fear based. Some people just have a sort of progressive. I want to have the foot in the gas. Some people want the foot in the brake. Integral actually has wonderful maps. Ken Wilber's Aqua maps are unparalleled to this day, to my knowledge, of anything. It's, it's just five maps of reality of what it is to be human. What they all sort of end up with is that each of us have a certain cosmic address. And I love that because it means that. You know, I can look at my Jeffness and I can see where he might be in terms of the development of consciousness. Is he, you know, you know, we can see this in history. Religious cultures were necessary for modernity to arise, and modernity was necessary for postmodernity to arise. These three stages of consciousness, were the th which are the three big players in the culture war, they're just sort of built in to the culture. But yet they do arise in sequence. And one of the things that 
makes them different is each stage is more complex. You know, we can literally see more, we can take more into account, we could work with more than the previous stage and the previous stage to that. And then what happens, and this is the theoretical, and I kind of go with it as a fable or myth because it turns me on, but you know, the, the, the idea is that after post-modernity, so traditionalism, modernism, post-modernity, after post-modernity, there's not just a new stage, but a new tier of stages. And it's radically different. And if you think of the postmodern mind, multicultural, et cetera, feeling sensitive oriented, psychological versus the modern mind, secular and rational versus the uh, pre-modern mind or the traditional mind, faithful, want to be a good child of God, you know, building his kingdom, that sort of thing. If you think of all of them, what integral purports to do is to integrate the best of all of those and to be friendly to all of those, and to see that there's nothing wrong, evolutionarily speaking, with them being online at the same time. It's, it's very confusing. It's called being human. There is a cutting edge of, ah, you know, I mean, what the fuck in every person and culture? <laughs> it goes way back. So this is what Integral asks, invites us to do. And at some point, once you've been, you know, had enough MSNBC for one lifetime, then at some point you want to say, wait a second, there's something more going on here. These people aren't just crazy, these Trump people. Maybe they actually have something that I'm missing. And it turns out they do. You know, they have a mythic self, for one thing. Mm -hmm. They like Big Daddy. There's, that's not all bad. There's something that's juicy about that. There's something we recognize in our own development. And that's another just quick point I put in the table is that integral theory also shows how the cultural, you know, these stages of development happen to each of us as individual humans. So I'm born into an undifferentiated self, the infant who has no memories and, you know, not a lot of cognition to a, I remember just being in my grandmother's bosom on her lap. So that's my sort of my first awakening into that sort of tribal stage. And then I remembered when it wasn't okay for my young mother to give me a bath in front of her girlfriends at the kitchen sink. And that was my fuck you red phase where no, I'm not doing that. And then I went to church camp and accept Jesus as my personal savior. And then I move into the traditional realm of God and country. And I remember the fire and I remember being baptized in the river. Pretty good stuff. And then my dad gave me the fountainhead at age 14 or 15. And I read Ayn Rand and lost all of that. And of course, at this point, I'm getting scientific. But I, you know, I downloaded all that and that libertarian thing and, you know, very rational and, and certainly no more myth, no more, no, no more religion. And it's funny, I can see now just how impenetrable each of those selves, modern Jeff versus traditional self was to the other. Mm. I argued both so passionately. I demonized the other as insane, right in sequence, you know? So then at some, well, at some point, well, actually there was a moment. I've spoken of it before, but I'll, I'll tell it quickly. I was in college. I was at a friend's house and she I was, I think, you know, late freshman year, so I was still a little green. 
She was a little older and she gave me a hit of this cigarette pot I had never smoked before. And she said, take a hit of that. And I did. She said, now lay it down on the couch and I'm going to put these headphones on you. And she did. She played Close to the Edge by Yes. I don't know if you know that song. It's a whole side of an album. It is psychedelic. It is something I'd never heard before. It was like a whole new sound coming from the cosmos at me. And I literally, to this day, think that I, at that moment, I, when I put the headphones on, I was modern Jeff. When I took them off, I was postmodern Jeff. You know, that's just in these, if you look back at your life, you can see these moments. And then, of course, I come to Boulder, Colorado. I'm here in the late 70s, early 80s. And the rope is here, Chogum, Trumpa, all the Buddhists, all the Est people, all the primal screamers. At the free school, you could sign up for anything. And I kissed all the frogs. And I was uh, (laughs) part of Naropa. And, you know, I tried, you know, this Rinpoche and that Rinpoche and this teacher and that teacher. And it just wasn't happening for me. And then I walked into a bookstore and saw, and this is my integral moment. I, I saw a book on the counter that said Up from Eden. It just, I mean, that, that was my integral realization. It, and I felt a new crystallization of, oh, okay, we're arising. We are, we're not a fallen world. We haven't been kicked out of paradise. You know, we're not, in, you know, we're, we're growing, we're, we're rising. And, and that was thrilling to me. And, and, you know, just in the intervening years, I've gotten more of the download and it's my great privilege to be mm-hmm. able to teach it and share it and apply it to my other obsession, which is current events. Mm-hmm. Well, the, <clears throat> there's so much in what you've said, Jeff, and uh, we could go in a lot of directions, but it, I think what I'd like to do is you put out so much, I'd just like to see if I can capture the, some of the principles and maybe you'd like to too, John. And bring them out and and just just name some of the principles. The first thing, first thing you did is you gave a a really nice personal account of your own psychological development and the various uh, st- life stages and phases you went through. And remember, and you can remember the turning points. Yeah, you did that as an example, a personal example of one of the key contributions of Ken Wilber's integral theory, which is that it brings to the table a a developmental perspective, the recognition that, that we move through different ways of thinking and conceiving and experiencing and and being able to respond to the world and they're very different as you implied they can be opaque to each other that is it's very hard for a person at one level to realize that there are people uh, different developmental stages who see the world very very differently and you also implied that one of the unique contributions of integral is to be able to appreciate all the different stages and to take the ideally anyway every every map has its problems but ideally to take the best of each stage and and integrate them into an integral worldview and what you're doing is bringing that integral perspective with its appreciation and honoring of many different levels and perspectives and types and so forth to an analysis of our contemporary issues does that feel like a a distillation yeah absolutely yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, John, anything you want to add? Yeah. Because I could, 
you know. Rant. Yeah, no, no. I, I, but one of the things, you know, you, 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 I mean, you're just brilliant at putting this out, this intellectual thing in very concise, broad strokes. But what I've also gotten from you and the stuff that you talk about in your podcast have really reflected my growth too. When I'm struggling on, you just say it better, you know, and you're just <laughs> a step or two ahead of me, but you're right working on the same issues. And not only have you differentiated these different levels, but you've really worked on integrating them. You know, you're still, you know, you love Jesus, probably get a tear when you see the flag and you love your country. You're very intellectual modernist type. You care about all the things that green cares about the earth and uh, discrimination for colors or sexual identity, all of this stuff. It's a bit challenging, but so liberating when we find we can have it all. You know, you don't have to feel, I really love my flag. Oh, God, but all the bad things I've done and all this. No, you just love your country. And that can be okay. Yeah. I mean, integral is great for people who won't settle for anything less than everything. (laughs) That's a great line. You know, it really is true. I, I don't know where I'd be without either God or emptiness. And they both basically deny the other. But good Lord. Part of this integral move is, and this is where I'd love to hear from you guys too, because we're all, as you say, John, we're all doing it, is what is that integration of things that don't agree with each other, that are literally, in some cases, at war still on this planet, but certainly in our culture, you know, actually, it's a good thing. We have a center of gravity of our culture that we no longer use sticks and clubs and bombs and guns for the most part to fight our culture wars. And that's a good thing. So, you know, what is it to actually feel into these completely conflicting worldviews of, you say, God and country versus the woke? You know, Magistan, make America great again. Magistan versus Wokistan. I think somebody put those two as polar opposites. And they both are, you know, to me, what's interesting is to turn towards them to see them on their terms as much as possible. You know, and this is a practice. It's not something we just do or turn on. And I find myself very reactive, especially to Trump. I mean, Trump, I will, you know, we talk about the traditional modern and postmodern. There's actually a stage, I mentioned it before, traditional, which is warrior, which is basically just power oriented. Forget God. You know, we're not there yet. We're about who's obeying me and who isn't and who ask do I have to kiss and who kisses who. And, you know, that's a whole thing. And we all have that stage. That's the other thing about in- integral is that we actually even have the magical stage where we can talk to the trees and clouds. And how wonderful is that? And to feel, and this is where my Joseph Campbell comes on. It's like, I'm actually living a story here. I'm a hero of my story. And everybody I meet and every conversation I have is enchanted. I, I love Integral because inter, I, I often think that Integral demystified, but re-enchanted my world because I was a hardcore atheist. What a relief. <laughs> mm. So, Jeff, here's a, here's a question for you. You know, and I live, I'm living in uh, Louisiana now, very conservative. Oh, boy. Thing. Family issues. I knew that. Me here. Yeah. yeah. And so it's really interesting. Most of the people are very conservative. This is Trump country, the Bible Belt. So, so yeah. Cool. So, so, so yeah, very conservative. These, very these conservative. are God, guns, you know, country people. And, and I wear, I have my, I didn't bring it here, but I have my veteran 
hat with an American flag. And I wear that around and people thank you for your service. It's, it's so touching, you know, in the grocery store, people shaking my hand and saying that. And it's like, wow, isn't, isn't it great that they see me as a symbol of sacrificing for your country? And they really appreciate that sacrificing something greater than yourself. I find it very moving. You know, I don't know if I'd wear the hat in Boulder, you know, or Berkeley, no. but, but it works here. And it, and it started, <laughs> started relationships, you know, with people that otherwise uh, wouldn't happen. And I don't try to take them where they're not ready to go. I just kind of hang with them really for the most part, they're really, really good people. And they're angry and they're scared about a lot of things. Yes. When it comes to it, they would do anything to, to help you and in, in time of in time of need. And Louisiana gets keeps getting hammered by these these hurricanes and the people just come together. And the the symbol of Louisiana, the state bird is the pelican, but it has the babies like making it bleed and they're drinking its blood. That's you know, it's like what an image, right? Yeah. So, and, and your podcast and the, with the way that you approach it has helped me a lot. For example, if somebody would ask you on the street, are you born again? What would you say? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm good with that. Yeah. I can find that in myself. Absolutely. And, and I, yeah. I, I cherish it. Yeah. So I'd go there. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a classic born again experience when I was 11 or 12 years old. Yeah. And again, you know, I was reading Sermon on the Mountain. <laughs> You know, the scales fell from my eyes and God was love and he was yes. everywhere. And Jesus somehow just gave me that gift and to do with I was Catholic. And I didn't feel that vibe coming from the priests and stuff like so. I just kind of wandered and I got into all kinds of misadventures looking for the source of that. But, yeah, I can I can definitely answer that. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I am, you know. Yeah, so it, it's taken me it's taken me years because I think I was deeply offended by Christians or people that call themselves Christians and their support of the sociopath in charge, you know, Donald Trump. And it's like, <laughs> uh, you know, I still puzzle with that. It's like, yeah. How does that work? And then, well, you, and know, then Steve, you know, I, I sometimes think, and I shouldn't say this, it's a horrible, horrible thought. But, you know, if you want the ultimate sociopath, try the God of the Bible. Oh, boy, that's you know true. what I mean? It's like, love yes. me or I'll kill you, you know, basically. A, the jealous God who's ready yeah. just to... Yeah. Yeah. horribly yeah. abuse you yeah. you know you worship me i mean five of the ten commandments are about worship me one way or the other and he's particularly the god of the old testament so there is that chord that's being struck in these people's hearts when they see somebody like donald trump you know he's come along there he is he's going to save us he's going to redeem he's going to take us back to before this stupid sexual revolution and before people moved away from each other and before you know old people weren't respected and you know, they have a whole worldview about it that is mom's by the fire and dad's cleaning the gun and grandma's has the baby. It's, and there's something very sweet about that. There is a, an echo of our ancestors in that, that is, I, I can soften my heart to those people. And it sounds like you can too. Yeah, Steve McIntosh, in his book, he said, you know, when people are looking for a bouncer, they don't really check out bona fides, you know, and when, when I read that, I was oh, boy, Steve yes. nailed it, you know, it's yeah. exactly And all that. of these king, great kings were sinners, and, but they knocked heads, and they got things done, and they made history, and they righted the world that is terribly wrong. Here's, here, maybe this be a little integral therapy for me, too, and Roger, you can jump in, but I am really offended by the woke stuff, <laughs> and there's, they're saying everything that I believe in, since I was a little kid, you know, I knew that racism was bad when I was four to five years old. It was the adults around me were all about it. You know, you say, oh, you grow up, what, 
what you're surrounded with. Well, I didn't. Somehow I knew early on that was wrong. And, you know, the persecution of gay people and all this stuff. And these are things I have fought against and, and championed my whole life. And now this generation is just, just offended me. And I heard a quote the other day said that wokeness changed compassion to moral righteousness. Uh, oh, that's it. Mm-hmm. No, it's just mean. If you don't see things the way, and, and I'm, let's just take our victimhood and inflate it so it becomes our identity. And there's a point where, yeah, when you are a victim, you have to realize that, but that's just a stage and you have to get beyond that and go, okay, well, given that, that's what, what the hand I've been dealt. How do I make that into something that matters? But, uh, but maybe you could speak. Do you, do you, do you know what I'm saying when I say oh, that? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Every, when we talk about even just the, these three stages that are online and in, in our culture wars for the most part, the traditional modern postmodern, every stage has what we refer to as the healthy side and the mean side, the dysfunctional side. The dysfunctional side is basically their claim that their way is the only way. It's actually, it's great to have God, but when you don't have my God, I kill you is a problem. So that's, we want to have the God. We just don't want to have the sort of fundamentalist holy warrior part. So in modernity, modernity flattens the whole world to exteriors, basically. Consciousness is seen as a function of synaptic activity and God knows what. An accident of, Ken calls it frisky dirt, dirt that got up and wrote poetry. But nevertheless, modernity d- denies any enchanted qualities. And, and yet, Modernity created the modern world. Yay, modernity. Rationality was a cure for the horrors of the fundamentalists. So we want to tease those apart. But when modernity says that it's only stuff and that the interiors don't even exist, they're just delusional, then that's where modernity goes wrong. In postmodernity, postmodernity, one of the projects of postmodernity, and it actually started in modernity with the, you know, the classic liberal idea that everybody's sovereign in their own breast, no longer the king. Every, so we sort of take that, in a green, we sensitize that. So that we're sensitive to all of the people who have been left out in the previous stages, the, the heretics, the losers in modernity, the, and, and all of the people who've been marginalized racially or in terms of the, the way they look or their class and that sort of thing. And it becomes there's a sensitivity that arises. It's the, Claire Gray Graves call it, called it the sensitive self, where that becomes untenable. And so yeah. what has happened with Green is, of course, Green is the home of civil rights and feminism. And Jeff, can we just point out, most people won't oh, be familiar with the, with the colors. So yeah, we can it. say greenish, greenish uh, that in the integral map uses colors as a, like the spectrum as a way of mapping different stages. And green is uh, postmodern. Yeah. So, yeah. So p- postmodern is about that, that project of bringing people in and having sensitivity and, you know, a big critique of modernity. Every stage has a terrible critique of the previous ones. They're allergic to God. They're allergic to materialism. And they, they want to bring in, in more of a heart kind of thing. And that's really good. And, and, and the funny thing is, with all three of these stages, in a way, from an integral perspective, which is a perspective that wants to see and include them all, is that they're all evolving. You know, we're actually becoming more rational 
in a sense, we're learning way more. I mean, it's astonishing what we know to be true. And in a way we're becoming, you know, the, 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 there's a, a movement in even progressive society to bring God back and to, you know, re-inhabit some of this territory that modernity has denied. So that's happening. And then in post-modernity, so that's traditional, being brought into an integral scene. And in post-modernity, there's something about the fact that there's an underclass that is correlated with race, that is untenable. Black families have one-tenth the net worth of white families, is outrageous to this green sensibility. And, and also the the karmas of race, which they're very tuned into this sort of generational trauma and, and so forth. Now, I, 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 as an integralist, have other explanations for the plight of the Black underclass, as well as that one, but that one's the one they got. From, from their perspective, it's all about how these people have been abused and left behind. And, and part of their project is they want the rest of the culture to see them. They really do. I mean, they, and I, I get it. I didn't see them. I was happy to ignore them as I was making my way up the ladder of the meritocracy. But now I can't because they won't let me, those sons of bitches. So that's the positive side in a way. The mean side is that they insist on it. They're, you know, once again, their way is the only way and they want the world to conform to it. Well, welcome to the culture wars and welcome to being some of the most annoying pricks on the planet. But there we go. And I would say as an integralist, welcome to evolution. This should be happening. There's nothing wrong here, evolutionarily speaking. I mean, we can look at conditions and try to change them and be better, but the idea that humanity has driven things off to the, it's sort of the modern and postmodern view of the fallen world, that we humans just fuck things up. And look what we've done to the planet. And look what we've done to the wild. And it's true. Half the natural world has fallen to modernity. You know, maybe all of it, if, if trends continue. So there's a point there. Again, welcome to the culture wars. All of these get to be, everybody gets to feel what they have to feel. And there's a fruitfulness. There's a way in which we're fighting forward, which is what evolution does, if you want to look at the farms and the fields and the, and the amoebas. So you're pointing out, Jeff, these different stages, each of them have both their strengths and their weaknesses. Yeah. Those weaknesses, it's, a, it's primarily the weaknesses or the traps at each stage which lead to the culture wars. What do you see as, uh, and you're also framing this within an evolutionary perspective, the culture, just, just like individuals develop, cultures evolve. Of course, they can devolve. We know that from, say, the Dark Ages. So it's not a given that it will continue. The, maybe the, one of the greatest questions of our time is whether our cultural evolution will continue or whether with the exponential growth of technology, we'll misuse it and destroy ourselves or at least large parts of ourselves. So yeah. you see some principles here for helping us be in service to cultural evolution and development. How do you, do you see some some strategic levers here, some ways in? Because boy, it sure, looks, it sure looks like a mess. Yeah, well, yeah, it does. I think we, for one thing is we get comfortable with the mess. 
We, we, we not only have to deal with the mess, but we have, right currently we have to deal with the mess and guilt in, in the guilt of having created it. Hmm. Well, children make messes. The human race is probably somewhere in adolescence as taken as a whole. And in the Western world, it might be, I think we're sophomores in college is how I look at it. We're going to fuck up. We're going to make mistakes. And actually, as integralists, we want to sort of be the adults in the room, if you will. I mean, it's, it's the scandal of integral that we claim <laughs> to be operating from a more complex level that could, you know, I see you, I, you know, I think we're going to get creamed for it by post-modernity once it really gets traction. And I think it's one of the reasons perhaps that it doesn't. Yeah, maybe maybe it would be safer to say we aspire to see from a more complex yes. uh, perspective, and at times maybe we do, and other times uh, maybe exactly. not. Yeah, that's, and that's the other thing too, Roger, is that it's like you were talking about the trends of technology and apocalypse and so forth. I think from an integral perspective, and this is new for me, this feels like the integral sort of realization is, I don't know. I don't no. know. Yeah. I know people who think they know. All my progressive friends think that they teach their kids a hellfire and damnation. It's not that far off from what I was taught as a little fundamentalist kid. Yeah, you know? I, and their children are depressed and angry about it. I, I think it's terrible, actually. That's, they're convinced that the world, 10 years, I don't know. I, I factor a lot more creativity into it than they do. And then there are modernists who, and of course, you know, they maybe have a sort of a more naive don't know because they're actually looking at facts and they know the nature of knowing things in a way. And then there's traditionalists who feel like the whole thing is just a project of globalizing the world and stamping out the identity of my people and my culture. So one of the things you've pointed to, Jeff, is is the importance of having a, a developmental and evolutionary perspective. But it sounds like another one, which I really resonate with, is holding the context of mystery and don't know. Yeah, because it turns out we don't, actually. I mean, uh, yeah. look, at the, look at the predict. I mean, I, I wish we could all have a log of our pr predictions over the last decade. At this point, you know, all bets are off, but you know, in a certain way, there's a new a pattern that we can rely on. And that is that there is apparently, for the last 13.8 billion years ago, years, there has been a more coming out of less thing going on in terms of complexity, consciousness, goodness, truth, and beauty. It's one of the hard arguments of integral is to point out that we are actually living in more good, true, and beautiful times. And every stage brings on new levels of goodness, truth, and beauty than previous stages. Unfortunately, they do that by means of the ugly, lying untruths, badness. And this is the nature of evolution. And I, I don't know where quite to, how to explain it. You know, it's brutal and it's too brutal. If you look at human history, it's so fucking brutal, it's hard to even wrap your head around it. Yeah. yeah you know, even look at the wilderness. I mean, you know how the, the hyena hunt, chases down the gazelle and eats their stomach first while they're still living. There's, a, you know, there's no end. Where I've gone lately is that maybe we are living in a multiverse and that there are universes that are foaming out of the beer all over the place, and we're one of them. But the trick is, is that each of the universes has their own physics. I think we got a pretty bad set of physics. 
in this universe. I mean, I don't know why we have to fight so hard. I mean, there is presumably a move into integral uh, where, you know, when you befriend everybody, at least in your heart, it doesn't mean you don't fight them and argue with them and all that good stuff. In fact, you do, but you don't hate them and condemn them. There is something that is, feels like it is a move into a new set of physics that are, isn't so brutal. I don't know. I'm just mm. rambling here, but this is sort of what I've been pondering. No, this, this is great, great, and and maybe I there's love the universe see- with the, where the lions laid down with the lion lambs right from the beginning, and we, everybody's just on the, the creek bank eating grapes, and it's just the, the way it is. Somehow, I think that might not be satisfactory either, though. Do mm. Do you feel that the universe has an agenda? Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I, yeah, and I think it, its agenda is its own perfection. So we're part of the perfection of the universe. Uh-huh. I don't know exactly what that means. Right, and, right. But I do think there's there's people in the integral world, there's people outside of the integral world who are doing all kinds of work. I mean, it's easy to dismiss it, but I don't. I'm, I'm agnostic for sure. And that's, you know, the aliens and the interdimensional beings. Right, right. There's intelligence that is, and I do basically believe this, is intelligence is built into the universe and actually love yeah. is built into the universe too. So there's some kind of, of ultimate hope. Oh, and, yeah. And goodness yeah. that we can rest in. I think inevitable, inevitability, I'd say faith. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Join us for part two of this remarkable dialogue where we dive deeper into these and other intriguing topics. Today's episode was brought to you by iWake Technologies. Visit the Deep Transformation website to find out more about iAwake's audio tools designed to wake us up, grow us up as a part of our daily deep transformational practice. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Deep Transformation podcast, and we greatly appreciate your comments, suggestions, and questions. Thank you for all you are and all you do. From John, Roger, and the Deep Transformation team.